Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jacob with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. And one of my favorite guests is back again, Rebecca Shaw. We're going to talk about past lifetimes and you know who who knows where this is going to go because Rebecca, we can we can go a lot of different places with this. Yeah. So how are you doing? And let's tell us a little bit about yourself and people who haven't uh don't know about you yet. Yeah. So uh, my name is Rebecca Shaw, and I have been a clinical hypnotherapist and personal development coach for like twenty some years, and um, I'm also a past life regression therapist, and uh, that's actually how you and I met. Is you came to see me for past you know, doing a series of past life regressions. And so I would say my mission is to help other people clear their stuff so they can live their light and live their big mission and feel a sense of purpose. So I'm really happy to be here. Excellent. Yeah. We, we always have a great time and uh, people get a lot out of this. I remember uh, it was probably about a, maybe a year and a half ago, or maybe even a little bit longer when we had our first show together. I was like, I don't know, you know, because when I've done when I did past lifetime stuff before, I'd have a small audience, but when we did it, you know, it really, really uh, got a big review, and a lot of a lot of good people came in and said, uh, you know, amazing things about it, and it got a lot of views. I mean, there, I was like, you know, I think a hundred thousand or more, and up to that point, I get, if I got like five or six thousand, I was like a win. So <laughs> it's definitely uh, an area, and we present it in a way that people can digest it and understand it you gave me my first regression. So I, I'd look for many years, even as a little kid at five years old, I, I felt that I had past lifetimes. So eventually I, through a process of, you know, reading books and listening to other people and their uh, incarnations and stuff like that. I was like, I bet I had some incarnations. And, and then when I came to you regression, uh, I, I hit on some of those. It was really good. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is you had, been to some intuitives that told you about past lives. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, for me, I know the difference. I I feel like there's a difference between someone telling you and it might resonate with you. You're like, yeah, that resonates with me. I feel like I did live that life versus you going through it yourself in a state of hypnosis Mm -hmm. where I'm just guiding you and you're getting the information yourself. Like we were just talking about your son did his first past life regression with me this week. Mm-hmm. And it was like super emotional. And so I don't know if as being somebody who's done it, sharing with people the difference between going and having someone else tell you about it versus doing it first person. I think that would be interesting for people to know about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do the, do the research, you know, you want to, you want to get uh, comfortable with this information. You don't want to just dive in and go, oh, I don't know. And then do a regression. It's, it's pretty, it brings up a lot of emotions. Like you said, I, I remember my first couple I was like tears are streaming down my face. My son, same thing, because it really unlocks a lot of emotions in those lifetimes. They really come up. So a lot of people are like, oh, I want to experience that. Yeah, you do want to experience that, but definitely, you know, have a, a firm understanding of the past lifetime. So the stuff that comes up, you'll be able to do the research. My son did the research and found a king lifetime. I was like, dang, dude, it took me decades to find my first King Lifetime. You got it the first time out. I was like, wow. So not everybody has King Lifetimes, you know, but there are quite a few. You'd be surprised. Yeah. 
And there is this thing that a little known idea, I wouldn't say fact, that a lot of people believe that when you reincarnate, you'll reincarnate with similar facial features, mm-hmm. even if you go from male to female. And mm-hmm. I know that you've looked at some of yours and you really do look like those people. And then your son looked like spot on to the Oh, people. yeah. Un- unbelievable. So yeah. the characteristics are another thing you look at. And what's what's amazing about when you do a regression is that it starts to unlock these abilities. So once we did several regressions together, I started to dial in that frequency and I was able to start doing more of my own past life discovery on, on my own. I still like mm-hmm. to come to you when I'm having like difficulty when I did the, uh, you know, the secret space program, trying to really unlock that. So not mm-hmm. only do regressions in a past lifetime, but we also do concurrent regressions because yeah. we know that people live concurrent lives, multiple lives. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Michael Newton, you know, discovered that or mm-hmm. I would say he discovered it, but it's probably been known for a long time, but he really yeah. brought that out in a scientific method, pointing that out. It's very, very fascinating work. It is. That's just a strange, you know, a lot of people are like past lives. Wait a minute. What parallel lives, even future lives. I've had a, my old chiropractor went into a future life that he experienced and it's just fascinating, you know, but what is it? Einstein says, you know, all times existing at once or whatever. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you're right, though. I mean, when you tap into these past lives and you've had certain skills or abilities or lessons that you've learned, it's like you pull forward all of that into your current experience. And that that's really powerful. In fact, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but in shamanic tradition, one of my good friends, he's um, a Peruvian Quechuan Indian trained shaman. Mm. And he told me that when they are training for their, to become the shaman, they will do a past life regression. And they do one where they go into a past life where they've had their um, most remarkable abilities mm. as a shaman or as a, you know, whatever. And then they bring that forward. And I feel like that's for you is like, you have so much knowledge and wisdom because you've tapped into these other lives. I I completely agree with that. That's, that's absolutely true. Uh, It really, it unlocks so many um, memories and, uh, and the knowledge of those, what really went on in history that uh, I was like, wow. Yeah. So I can, I can look at historical stuff now and go, yeah, that was manipulated or that's close, but this is the way it really happened. So I know that about a lot of stuff now. And that's mm-hmm. because I've done the, the past life regression. I've even located, you know, why things are happening the way they do. There's, you know, karmic stuff that's going on. There's uh, interactions between uh, people at every different level. Like we're fighting to bring, you know, consciousness up. And there's a group that's fighting to bring consciousness down. So yeah. there's been this, you know, kind of like struggle for, you know, thousands and thousands of years. And when you start to see those different groups that do that and who has done that throughout time, you start to see them again, <laughs> like the Anthony Fauci's and, you know, <laughs> on and on and on. So all of these different people have been around for many years and you start to see them in the past lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, they were doing that stuff in, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, a thousand years ago. So yeah, it's like, it's, it's funny. It's funny in a way because you're like, just, it's, it's laughable, but of course, you know, there's some dire consequences for it as well, but you really need to be aware of that. So abilities, 
What, what have you seen with abilities uh, for people when they really start to uh, connect with their past lifetimes? When they connect with their past lifetimes, I believe that oftentimes if you, if you are intuitive, if you're a healer, those kinds of things, you'll tap into those abilities. I mean, people will, it'll explain to them why they were just like really good at music from a very young age or, you know, athletic or intuitive or drawn to, I have this one girl, she's really drawn to being like an activist for women. And she was that in a past life. And it's like, Oh, well, it makes sense. She's wanting to continue on the work. So souls have what we call soul themes. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about your soul themes, um, the warrior and the sage and the leader And so many people have these themes that they are choosing to experience again and again in different, in different ways in each life. And that is one of the most fascinating things to me because I don't know, can we use your son for an example this week? His sole theme that this is crazy. Like if I said, okay, makeup, you know, this is what lends credence to it's real because if I said, all right, make up three lives that explain some of your struggles today. Mm. Um, People would just kind of, their brain would melt down, but you know, his struggle is to be famous, but not bow to pressure from, you know, the people that you serve, you know, so one was a King and then one was a, a superstar, like a, you know, a rock star and these things. And it provided him this insight that, okay, so I'm in this life. And when you have that awareness of these themes, Michael, I call Mm -hmm. it like a turning point life, meaning like you're in this life and you're aware of the theme. And if it's a theme that you've been challenged with, you'll come into this life with an presented with it again, but the opportunity to jump tracks, to end the pressure that you would feel as a king or as a rock star and to like, okay, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to do it right and I'm not going to succumb to, you know, the pressure of other people, you know? So that was kind of his theme. And it was just really cool because it just gave him like so much clarity. And it was just really awesome to witness that being that clarity being birthed in the session. That's amazing. Cause we connected with that lifetime. I don't, I don't, I don't want to reveal it because it's pretty controversial. Uh, that rock star that basically died at 27. So uh, grunge rock star, that. So we had connected with that lifetime quite a bit. And he had, you know, all these memories coming through. Because we've talked, I've talked to both my kids about, you know, past lifetimes and they're in and out of, uh, you know, going into it and, and researching it. But eventually, you know, he really connected with his life and everything lined up. You know, the first song that he wrote, he he sang and did a recording on and stuff like that for his own. It, it matched this person. The The date of his birth was very, very similar, all kinds of crazy stuff. So when, when you start to make those connections and you see the struggles, like you're saying that you had, it comes through. Now for you and I, we, we discovered that we had a past lifetime during the um, nights of the round table mm-hmm. and I was Sir Gawain. So we, you, you were a Druid priestess and you told me about my death. You were like, I'm sorry to tell you this. And I was like, and I was like, no, it's as good. I prepare for this, you know? So yeah. you're, a lot of people's, uh, the way they interpret stuff, they think, 
oh, that must have been tragic. But mm -hmm. on the other side, it's it's very comforting to know that, hey, I'm going to do all these different things. And when I die, I'm going to die chivalrously. So that was one of the things that the uh, Knights of that time frame were all about. They had that chivalric code where they were strong male figures, but also very courtly and so forth to very open to the love of, of the feminine side. So that time frame was very amazing. I feel that I do that now. So I've connected with those that masculine feminine, you know, throughout time and, and still to this day. So to make those connections, because you never know what's going to come up in these lifetimes. When you go in, it's the one that really needs to impact you to open you up. That's it's, or maybe that dam that is there that once you unblock it, you, you, you get that release. Then this flood of like we talked about emotions and, uh, and knowledge about, you know, that time frame and what's what's blocking you now comes through. Yeah, and that brings up a good point that typically when I do the past life regression, I most people agree to this unless they for some reason come with a very specific thing like I don't know why I have this phobia of water, but I want to release it or, you know, I have, you know, some people say, well, I've had this depression my whole life. I feel like I came in with it. But a lot of people are just curious. They want to live with a greater sense of purpose. They want to feel like their lives have meaning. And so what we'll do is we'll say, okay, because you have a host, I mean, most in 20 some years of doing this work, pretty much everyone has many incarnations. Now they might not all be on this earth plane. I mean, I had a girl, a, a 28 year old who this was her first incarnation on earth, but mm -hmm. she had incarnations in other realms, you know, astral wow. realms or, you know, and um, she's just like a totally woke being for her age. But what we do is we set the intention that whatever lives come forward for you today would are the ones that would be most helpful for you to know about now. And that's why for you, when you did your most recent regression with me, you know, back what last spring or summer or whatever it was in this past year, mm -hmm. totally different lives came forward for you. Right and had before because you were in a different place than you were 10 years ago when you did it with me. Oh yeah. So totally yeah, different. That's important because sometimes people come and they're like, well, I do feel like I have this past life in such and such place, but if it doesn't come forward, it means probably that these other lives are more um, strongly influencing who you are now and who you're supposed to be you know, now. So we know that children, you know, will have memories of uh, past lifetimes very mm -hmm. strong. Have parents actually brought children to you to uh, do uh, regressions or anything? You know, I haven't had too many parents bring children, but I love that you brought up that, up that topic. If, mm -hmm. if people want a recommendation, I definitely recommend. It's an old book, but it's Carol Bowman and it's Children's Past Lives. And I actually studied with her at a training conference. And then I read the book and this was when my kids were like infants mm -hmm. and it was actually how to tell if your child is just telling you a story versus they're actually relaying to you a past life. So this is kind of interesting. If people are watching, you have little kids is, and I have two, I have two children. They're 15 months apart. My daughter, the older one never shared one past life with me, except 
on a prompt because she and her brother used to get into it all the time. And I'm like, well, I wonder if you've had a past life with him. And then I put her down to bed and that's a natural hypnotic state when you're going into sleep and out of sleep. And she told me about a life where she had been his mother and they had had this conflict. But now my son, he was telling me about past lives from the time he was little. And, and it was never like, it wasn't ever like I was a king or I was a rock star or whatever. They were very mundane lives, which actually to me lent credibility to it. But one thing funny he said, because like, I don't know. It's interesting. And there's a theme here. I don't think you've ever been a female in a past life. And he hasn't, he said, mama, I've only been, a. Uh, this was when he was like six years old. I've only been a girl once. And I'm like, well, why is that? And he goes, because back then, mom, girls had it rough. <laughs> <You know? laughs> think about it. But he was just like a fisherman. He worked at the circus. I'm thinking he's going to say like he's the ringmaster and he's like, I shoveled the poop. And I'm like, okay, who who makes that up? Like, I know, right? That's, that's amazing. The thing is, kids will say it in this matter of fact tone. Like mm-hmm. when I was the mommy, you know, they'll say that to their parents when oh, I was yeah. the mommy, you know, or whatever. And they just say it in this very matter of fact tone. Mm-hmm. And if you know your kids, you know, when they're pulling your leg and making it up and, and even their personality, they might be the type that just doesn't make stuff up. So that's, that's it's so really interesting. If you're paying attention, you can get some nuggets from, from your kids with that. Definitely. So I had a guest on uh, just recently, a couple of days ago, uh, Sherry Divban, who actually works with kids that have uh, their star seeds and, and so forth, ET experiences, all kinds of amazing things. The last time that we did uh, a regression in, when I did the Secret Space Program, I had all kinds of ET stuff like going to Venus and all just amazing things. Yeah. And I did another one just recently when I went to Gaia. And uh, they regressed me with uh, Barbara Lamb. She regressed me and then uh, asked me, went deep into it for like two sessions, two, three-hour sessions. It was pretty amazing. Then the next day we talked about it. And this was the interesting thing. Now, normally, like, like when we did regressions or I went to a psychic and got information about past lifetimes, had to be with that information for a while. You know, we get like a few tidbits here and there. But in that regression, I just got just probably hundreds of things came through. And then when the next day it's like time to talk about it, it like just more kept pouring out. Have you had people that after aggression, you know, usually we just go off and be by ourselves, but have you had people after aggression maybe have interactions with you or I've heard about them? Yeah. People, sometimes it just, like you said, opens the floodgates Mm -hmm. and they'll just get more details coming in about it. And so that's really interesting. I tell people to write it down. That's why we record the session. Sometimes you're in that hypnotic state and it's like a dream. You you know, when you wake from a dream, you think you're going to remember it. And then, you know, by the late afternoon, you only have fragments of it. So yeah, a lot of people get more information coming through, more details over time. Yeah. And I think the thing to uh, really stress is to try and stay in that hypnagogic state, you know, as as much as you can and and refer back to it, just like you do, you know, from a a dream. If you like wake up from a dream and you have all these memories, if you just get up and just start moving around, they're gone. Mm -hmm. But if you like, you know, kind of roll over and try and think about them, try and stay kind of in that state, 
you get a lot more detail and a lot, a lot of memories will come through. And it's kind of like the, uh, the intuitive realm is trying to contact the analytical realm. And then you start to download that information and you, yeah. uh, you know, analyze it and start, if you don't analyze it too much, analyzing it too much can also uh, shut it down as well. So yeah. you kind of let it come through. Yeah. I was just going to say that, that you're really good about, you know, your history is Navy SEAL, very logical, very practical, mm-hmm. you know, kind of person, but you have this ability to just suspend disbelief or, you know, just put aside, just let the story come in and then you can analyze it later. You can research it later. You can decide what it means later. But at the time, I think one of the biggest hurdles for people is just not analyzing it while they're doing it. So, I've, I mean, it would be like you're going to a movie and you're like, oh, that couldn't happen. Or, uh, you know, is this real or is this like, is this based on fact? And, you know, and so if you're mm-hmm. picking it apart, you're just not going to have the same experience. So that's the number one thing for people that it's getting out of their own way, putting aside logic and in intuition in general, when you say that, like you have to be able to develop this self-trust and just let something come in and then you can discern what you want to do with that information and if it's valid or if it resonates with you. But the first step is just let it come in. That's absolutely beautiful. And that's, that's the way it is with all intuition regardless of what you're doing, whether, you know, like me, I'm a remote influencer and uh, going into past lifetimes is very, very powerful as well. Like we're talking about, but you just have to like, let it come in. It's like you, you try and analyze it too much and it just like shuts it down. You, you have that little bit of a doubt. And I, I tell all of my clients the same thing, stop doubting because doubting sh- turns everything off. You're going to like have to work through this a lot slower, you know, to get to that point. So the doubting, let go of the doubting, allowing this information to come in. Now, as a Navy SEAL, I think that actually helped prepare me because we did the impossible stuff. And if I would have been like, there's there's no way I can stay up for, you know, that long and <laughs> 10 times what the normal human can do. It's like, that's, that's ridiculous. And some people, they, they think they can do that, but they get stuck in that. And they're like, whoa, this is really tough. Yeah, it's really tough. Do you remember like we said that? And, yeah. uh, and we've been doing a lot of stuff that's been tough and you've been pushing yourself. So then they get in there. And a lot of the people that have been uh, really gifted throughout time, I see. And, and then as when I came back as an instructor, they would go away very quickly because it was all natural, very easy for them. They'd have to push themselves as hard. So that's, that's what I felt in the Navy SEAL realm you know, we were doing the impossible stuff. So you just had to like let go of that disbelief and really go into those depths of uh, un- the un- impossible just over and over and over again. I just, I would see people, even though I'm, I'm in the impossible group, I would see people do stuff. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, so it's, it's really cool. So then, you know, when it's time to, you know, in my f- early forties, when it's time to start doing the past life uh, regression stuff, it's like, okay, I've seen the impossible. This mm-hmm. seems a little far-fetched, but I've done far-fetched. So mm-hmm. it's a lot It's a lot easier for the mind to uh, take this stuff on. It still takes a little practice to get comfortable with it, of course, just like any new thing. Once you delve into it, like I've seen people that I have taught, you know, helped out, and 
they just like go to an unbelievable level. And a lot of those people come to you, so that's good. So maybe they do my course and then go do your sessions. And it's just like a one-two for the conscious that you're just going to such an incredible level. Like you were, we were talking about earlier, and you, you said you, you've done a lot of stuff because of you're able to tap into a lot of stuff because of the past lifetime stuff. It's one of the greatest things that I have ever done in my life. If I hadn't done that, I would be yeah. half the man that I am today. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And to speak to that, it I really do think it changes your perspective on life when mm. you tap into these lives that you really feel not just a cognitive connection to. It's like when you go through it in past life regression, you do connect with it emotionally. And then you have this repertoire of experiences to draw on that I think one of the things is it moves you beyond, or I, I see this over and over again, like a, a common theme, is it moves people beyond this whole idea of victim mentality. Because over and over again, if you're a victim in some way in this life, 100%, I promise you, you have been the victimizer in a previous life. And so then you you go, you can go to this place of forgiveness. You can go to this place of, okay, I want to break out of this cycle. You know, I had a client who had just a very sad story, a, a woman who had um, had her children taken from her and she'd been in an abusive relationship and she just felt very beaten down and discouraged. She was actually a breast cancer survivor because I do workshops for breast cancer survivors. So she came to do it. And bless her heart, like her first life was like Knights Templar, but she was a bad guy and she was like raping and pillaging villages and stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is not me telling her this. And all we said was, let's be shown the life that would be most helpful for you to know about today. And that was the life she went into. Wow. And you, you would think that people feel like, downtrodden or discouraged or devastated by the fact that they, you know, oh my God, I was this person. I did these evil things and I killed people. I was a bad person, but over and over and over again, it just pops them out of that victim place and they go, oh, it's a cycle. Okay. I've played the bad guy. Now I play the victim. And you, then your position to just rise above that, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I had this one girl who had had um, low back problems and bowel problems and fear, phobia of water. Well, she had a life where she had been drowned, a boat drowned in World War II trying to escape from Nazi Germany. Mm -hmm. Well, that explained the phobia of water. Then the, the health issues she in a past life had been captured and like was in uh, a slave, like slave labor. And she tried to escape and she was knifed and disemboweled. And so sometimes people will come forward with what I call like physical karmic residue. So that was the neck. I mean, that was the low back and the stomach. So here's the thing. When someone has had a life like that, where they were just extremely victimized, oftentimes I just, I work really intuitively. And the first thing I asked her was, okay, did you experience that life? Because in a previous life, you had done something bad to someone else. And invariably, Michael, yes. 
And so we go to that life. And then she mm. was the bad person, you know, and then you go, oh my gosh. And so in shamanism, they call this rising to the level of hummingbird. You're looking down and you're seeing, okay, this life, this life, this life. I play the good person. I play the bad person. I play the king. I play the sage, you know, and then you just, you can go, okay, this is all for the experience, you know, and you can just get out of that. A lot of people get over their fear of death mm-hmm. after doing these, which is huge. Mm-hmm. I had a guy who just like, he's been so afraid about COVID, you know, dying from COVID. And then he had this life where he was a warrior and he died and the only thing that he needed to get from that life is life goes on and it wasn't a bad thing and it's all going to be okay. And it like just totally liberated him to stop worrying about getting COVID in this life. So it's just amazing. It's such beautiful work for everyone. They get, they get what they need. Excellent. God, we should go so many different areas. So I, I see a lot of the chat coming in. We'll hit some of these questions. Uh, one person has, how many of these sessions do you do? Do you recommend? And I'll just give my experience. I came in and I wanted to do like back to back because I'm very, very busy. And this is something I've been planning for, you know, most of my life to do. And I, I really connected with you. I look for like names uh, and I recommend people do that. Don't just go any money mo. just really you know, feel intuitively feel. Then I found out that, you know, we had uh, past life connections and you have always been, and even now you're, you're a very calming soul and you speak about helping people overcome their problems and their fears and so forth. So it was fantastic, you know, that we made a connection. So I had scheduled two and we've done, you know, many since then, but two back to back. And in that session, it's very beautiful. It's like you regress, you're very, it's very relaxed. You can do it through Zoom. You do it personally, however you want to do it. You probably get clients all over the world now. But Zoom is like, you know, very easy or whatever system you use. Yeah. For me, there were like three or four lifetimes in each one of them, each one of the sessions. Yeah. And so you would bring me into one. We'd find, you know, distinguishing things within a life and you take me out. And then you would actually take me you know, in between lives. You did that uh, a couple of times. So that was fascinating because I'd always heard through the work of Michael Newton that that's where they kind of focus on that life in between lives in the spirit realm, you know? So that was a mind blower as well. So (laughs) it can be just one, you get comfortable with that. Or, you know, like I said, you can have them all scheduled out. So (laughs) what what, what do you recommend? You know, I recommend people start with a three hour, which is my standard session. Mm -hmm. And we you know, you come with an intention, something you want to clear, or if it was something like someone said, well, you know what, right now, these days, what I suggest is do one process it and then do another one in about two or three weeks, because it is so much to digest. That's kind of what I'm recommending now, unless somebody, if they want to come to Charleston and do like a VIP weekend or something, then yeah, yeah. they days back to back and really dig in mm-hmm. to identify what soul themes are playing out for them Sweet. and then you know where does this take me and that's the time between lives is when your soul's planning like okay what what are my lessons in this life what are going to be my challenges mm-hmm. you know what am i here to do so yeah typically we'll start with one and then just go from there excellent 
Yeah, and that was that was beautiful coming to Charleston. I, I you know, as a kid, I I grew up in uh, Columbia and came to Charleston a lot. Had an aunt that lived down there. We used to visit and stay on Follies Island, and you know, it was a magical time for me. And then, you know, when we're in our sessions, I found out that I had a, a lifetime there as a slave owner, plantation owner that made it with one of my slaves. And then later as a slave. So you're, you're like we're talking about, you're going to interplay these different roles in these different lifetimes, you know, to get the experience that you need to, to advance your soul consciousness. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's that saying, you know, like walk a mile in my shoes, you know, it's like, <laughs> You get to do that karmically and it just gives you so much more compassion. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we don't always know like why people do the things they do and we don't need to, I mean, that's their master plan. So I I think it just gives you a lot more compassion when people are struggling or if, if you don't see eye to eye with somebody, Hey, they got their own stuff Mm -hmm. and you know, you just got to do you and focus on what your purpose is and not get so hung up on if somebody else is doing something because they may have signed up to be the antagonist, you know, they may have signed up to, to stir the pot because it could bring about um, the greater good. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Hitler, I'm sure signed up to do what he did. I think all the people like when nine 11 happened, it really hit me hard because I was, I was actually scheduled to be on flight 77 that crashed into the Pentagon. And I was like, wow, what did I get spared? You know, eventually I felt I, I was intuition because I kept hearing the voice say, change your flight. But at the wow. time I was just really uh, new into really developing my intuition and trusting it and understanding what the difference was between just some random voice and knowing. But I really feel like all those people that died signed up for it you know they because mm-hmm. of how it changed our world how it changed our society the lessons that it's spun off hello this is michael jaco if you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition go to michaelkjaco.com unleashingintuition.com where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. Did I ever tell you the story about my son telling me when he was six years old about dying um, in his previous life? Mm-mm. My my ex-husband's, he was one of four kids and the youngest accidentally drowned in the swimming pool at age two Mm. and a half. And so 40 years later, everyone in the family sadly like blamed themselves because no one knew who left the sliding glass door open and, and, you know, they'd cry and everyone would just feel so guilty and think Mm. about, you know, when you think about people dying tragically, you think about them suffering. I think that's an important thing too. You will not suffer when you die, your consciousness will be out of that body long before the suffering happens, unless you've signed up for that, because maybe you cause suffering in another life. But typically I see most of the time, like someone dying in a fire, 
they're out, their consciousness is out before they would feel that, you know? Yeah. Yep. So he's sitting on the floor one day, he's like six years old. Oh, and by the way, when he was born, my sister-in-law said, Oh, your son has the same birthday as Gregory, which is the one that drowned. And I was wow. like, oh, weird, you know? And then out of the blue, he's like, Hey mom, mama, he's playing with his Legos. He's like, matter of fact, yeah, I think um, I was Gregory in my last life. And I'm like, Oh my God. You know, and I'm thinking that oh he's going to say like, I hated it. You know, I didn't want to be a part of the family, you know? And so I asked the six year old, well, why did you leave so early? Because one of the biggest pains for people is losing a child when they're young. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just heartbreaking to me. My son almost died on Christmas Eve. So I can, I really connect with that emotionally is, is the loss of, you know, it's just the natural order is you go before your children. Mm. So he says, um, well, mama, it wasn't that I was unhappy. I just, it, I was time for me to do something else. And I was like, oh my God. And in that moment, I knew his soul knew, chose to come in and knew he was, le- he was only going to be there for a short time. And he was going to leave. And then karmically, it spun off an opportunity for five other people to learn a lesson about loss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know it's hard for people, but I think sometimes that could give comfort is understanding. I do believe after thousands of regressions that we we choose when we go, we choose the exit. It's just part of the whole plan. You know, there's there's lots of things that we do that interrelates and sets a stage for the uh, the next thing. So during this time frame where I'm having these memories of being a slave owner and then having you know relations with one of my slaves and she's my wife and I'm we keep we kept it hidden because if you had with your slaves and you had children then you could be killed at that time frame. So it kind of relates to is prepping the stage for when I, I remember, you know, the Revolutionary War and, you know, Thomas Jefferson. It took me a while to find this lifetime, but I was uh, General Nathaniel Green. I remember like going to Monticello and knowing everything about it. Like before we went into rooms, I, I had my two children with me and I'm like, this is what this room's going to look like. And they're, they'd be like, look at me like, what? And then we go in the room and it looked like so like that. And so he had relations with Sally Hemmings, one of his slaves. And mm-hmm. uh, they had children and they, the DNA from, you know, children further down, they're like exposing that. Yes, you know, he had sexual relations with a slave and had children with her. So I remember having, having a friendship with him as Nathaniel Green and uh, visiting there and we'd talk and I just remember having, not being uh, opposed, even though I was a Quaker, you know, Quakers are very, very strong in their religious beliefs, but I, I saw no problem. And I remember like his, his spare bedroom, when I went into it, I'm like, yeah, that bed is small. And Nathaniel <laughs> Green was a tall man. So I remember like having to curl up in that bed, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing, you know, the things that come through, like when we had that regression, it, it exposed all that. And then it opened that door for me. So then when I went in to, and I was still trying to find that life because I knew that I'd been in Revolutionary War battles and I knew uh, Lafayette and George Washington. I, you know, I remember being at Valley Forge and all these different things. And, but I, I couldn't find that life. 
And then eventually when I went to, after we had a regressions and I went to Monticello, then it started to come out. So have you seen people that will, you know, maybe it all doesn't come out at that time? Cause that's the way it was for us when we had yeah. the regressions. I did, you're like, well, who are you in that life? And it's like, I, I don't know the name. I didn't know that. I was yeah. like, that's weird. I don't know the name of that life, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't time for me to know that name. I had yeah. to do more exploration. Now, have you seen a lot of that over time? Yeah. Um, you know, of course, a lot of people will experience lives that aren't part of recorded history. And when you do have one that is, it's so cool because you're just like, wow. Because typically what will happen, like you said, you'll remember aspects of that life that aren't in recorded history and they're just like fleshed out more details and that's really fascinating but i think that in the experience why some of the details don't come forward is because you're you're really there to get the essence of why your soul chose that life, the lessons, the challenges, like that's the utmost important thing that'll come forward. And then later when you get the details, it just reinforces it. And then you're just like, what? Wow. Like, (laughs) you know, so I think what comes through is what you're supposed to learn about that life, what you were supposed to gain about that life, the essence Mm -hmm. of it. And then the details are sort of secondary. Excellent. Another thing that comes up a lot in this discussion are people that are very, I would say Christian. I'm Christian, you know, grew up Baptist and have a very strong uh, foundation. They love Jesus and God and so forth. But there are some Christians that seem to think that uh, anything like this, the reincarnation thing Mm -hmm. is like, you know, blasphemous or something. How how do you respond to those? And I know there's Bible passages actually that have some of this information uh, still in it. And and there's also, they thought Jesus was a reincarnation of one of the, one of the saints and and Jesus was like, no, that's James, (laughs) you know? So uh, that's in the Bible still. And of course they, they cleaned a lot of that out. They cleaned out uh, whole books from the Bible that talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So what, what are, what is normally your response to people that, you know, are having, having trouble overcoming a religious hurdle? Two things. One, I was raised by an atheist and an agnostic who were raised by very, they, they believe very hypocritical Southern Baptist, Methodist, Christian. So they rejected the church. And I was kind of like, one didn't know what they believe. The other believed in God or whatever, but it was just like, they wanted me to figure it out for myself. So when I was in my training in California, I was with a a licensed clinical social worker, very clinical hypnosis. And he's like, Oh, by the way, we're going to do this segment on past life regression. I'm like, what? Because it just seemed like so woo woo at the time, Mm -hmm. but we did it. And then I'm, I'm, you know, people are coming, they're asking to do the past life regression. So I believe my soul (laughs) chose to be this hypnotherapist and regress thousands of people to remember so that I'd be convinced about reincarnation. That was part of my soul lesson was to just every walk of life, people with no preconceptions, just most of them curious, you know, especially Brian Weiss kind of sparked people's curiosity uh, with many lives, many masters. So, and to me, it's the only thing that really makes sense about why 
why little boys drown at age two, you know, why bad things happen to good people is, is this karma and these lessons that we sign up for. So I think in the very least, let's just say for sake of argument, because we can't, what can we prove, you know, that if you came and decided to do it, and let's say someone said, I'm really struggling with unhealthy relationships, I have this pattern, you know, or depression, and you do this past life regression and these lives come up, even if your subconscious was fabricating the stories, why? Why did it pick this story and not that story? And there's metaphors and messages behind the stories that are so powerful. Mm -hmm. It's like when you have a dream, okay, the dream isn't real, but there's beautiful messages in your dreams, right? So if it's a dream or a daydream, it can be just as transformative and empowering for you to have the experience. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't believe it's a past life, you don't have to come with the belief to gain from it. Excellent. Yeah. So there, there are a lot of people asking to schedule, you know, uh, sessions with you and we'll put your information in the uh, information box that's down below. So, we're, we're not finishing yet, but just to answer that question, because I see a lot right in here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like get out of here and, you know, go answer that question. So, <laughs> but just, just uh, let, let people know right now, because yeah. there's tons of questions about that, you know, how they uh, contact yeah. you for hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. Actually, if they go to RebeccaTaylorShaw.com under mm-hmm. courses and experiences, they can click on there and there's one about, you know, exploring your past lives and it's, I've got a Q&A video and, you know, explaining what it's like to do a session and, and all of that. And then you can actually oh, yeah. purchase the session right from that page. And then they can email me too if they have any questions. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of people that want to do that. Just making that leap. For me, it was, like I said, it was a long process. I wish I'd done it a lot sooner. When you start to think about this stuff and you're you're interested about it, that's really when you should do one. You know, you should really either do like I did, do a session with a psychic. Do you have courses yet on? Uh... <laughs> no, I don't. But that is on the slate for this year. Excellent, and good. really, the main reason is because there's been such a resounding interest. It's like, I think everything that's been happening in the world is just mm-hmm. sparking people's desire to get help. And I can only help so many people every day, one-on-one. So I'm like, okay, I got to do the group stuff and, right. and you know, just teach some of the stuff that I teach over and over again, you know, and what I really want to do just with the past life regression or intuitive development or clearing your, you know, your stuff, your blocks, your, your fears, your anxieties is because I really do believe that. And I know you do too, that everybody has their beautiful gifts that they're here to bring, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to bring those gifts when you're struggling to just get through the day emotionally because you're so stressed or in fear. And if everyone could clear their fears and really step into feeling that sense of purpose, then it's like collectively we're going to, we're going to win against the dark because everyone's living more of their light. 
I agree with that. Yeah, completely. And what was amazing is when we went into the reg regression into the secret space program that I'm involved in, uh, that parallel life that I'm having there, we discovered some stuff that maybe your son, when he had a, a dream one time, because I'm, I'm involved in uh, time wars, and your son had this like crazy dream about uh, maybe that kind of fit that time war thing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So he was getting ready to go off to school. And like I said, he used to remember past lives. He, he would communicate with animals. You know, now he's 19. He's like, I don't know about any of that stuff, mom, but. Um, it's phase. My, my, my kids went through that too. They're like, ah, dad. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't need to uh, feel the energy of the tree. Okay. Well, when you're ready, maybe. So. Right. But he did tell me that he had this dream and this felt like a post apocalyptic or just recent, like the apocalypse happened. And he said, mom, I'm in this place. And it's like, there's been a war, like a, a world war and people are running in what he called factions. And I've never heard him use that word before, but it was like pockets of men. He was with a group of guys and they were basically like fighting other people for, you know, for survival. And it was like bands of people that were banding together for you know survival for food and other things and it, it almost reminded me of like you know we've talked about this sense of like there's a timeline where there may be a civil war mm -hmm. there may be a time when people are fighting for their civil rights and mm -hmm. you know, or guns or just you know there's been an emp or something something had happened in this dream so i i think it's interesting because I feel like you've probably had a lot of young men who are feeling called to like prepare for something and they don't even know what they're like needing to prepare for, but it's just this sense of urgency. Something's coming and we need to be prepared and, and it's going to be like really like survival of the fittest and mm -hmm. people coming together in groups to like maybe grow food or just protect each other. And it just feels like, that's a potential timeline that could happen. And that's, that's a good point, a potential timeline. And I think when a lot of people have, have uh, connected with that and we've talked about it, a lot of us have talked about it, that kind of pushes consciousness to like, we don't want to experience that. So th those are good things. I think uh, when people like, you know, connect with that, it's like, ah, it's not, if I see anything like that, I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. And I think yeah. a lot of that would have happened probably over the past uh, year or so if people hadn't already started to see those things on the timeline and made those decisions internally and as groups not to have that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that you've been really instrumental in, in encouraging people to keep their minds on the positive, on the desired outcome, because how I look at it with hypnosis, I believe we are deliberate creators and whatever we focus on, we're concentrating on. And if I'm worrying that the worst case scenario happening, I'm pushing myself down that timeline. And that's not the timeline I want to go down because you're training in your background. Michael, your mind doesn't go in the ditch. Like you don't let it. You're so good at making your mind go into thoughts, narratives, intentions that serve you, your health, your well-being. 
and where you want to go in this life. And that doesn't happen by accident. It's not like we're just born positive thinkers. It's Mm -hmm. a muscle, a true muscle that if your mind is going into worrisome, anxious thoughts, you've got to learn. That's probably one of the number one things I teach people is to break out of the cycle of if you're spending more time worrying then creating and intending you're going to really be struggling and you've got gifts to give. So you got to learn how to break that cycle and go more and more into what you want and what you want to create. Wow. That's fabulous. That's the thing that I, I believe that I learned, you know, from the the past lifetimes, I was kind of like, well, I got lucky that I wanted to be a Navy SEAL and it actually happened. And then I, I got lucky because I wanted to be a CIA guy and then I became a CIA guy. No, you focused yourself like you're talking about. I focused myself and uh, I made those things happen. So seeing that I had done all these things throughout many past lifetimes, I was like, wow, I'm I'm quite the, I'm quite a creator. You know, I had some difficulties of course, but keeping that focus has opened me up to understanding that's how I manifested these things throughout time keeping that focus when everything like we're seeing now, a lot of people are like, we're doomed, you know, and you can take that argument. (laughs) It does look that way in some cases, but there's also a lot of beauty. And I think one of the most exciting times in, in history is happening right now. And if, like you said, if you, if you choose to focus on worry and the negative things that may happen, a lot of times you're going to manifest that in your life. So really, really the thing that we can, you know, leave everyone with is, you know, don't focus on negative, focus on the positive. And that really makes a difference and be loving, be giving, be pray for good things to happen in the world. And that really makes an impact. Yeah. Really be vigilant with your thoughts because they can drive you into the ground. They can keep you immobilized or they can, move you into more and more of what you want to have in your life. And I think that like one of your wives was what Patton, right? Um, no, I, I wasn't Patton, oh. but I was a Tuskegee airman. And before that life, I was one of his tank commanders in world war one. Okay. I yeah. died and I died in one of the, one of the tanks. And then as Tuskegee airman, I died. It was like, so I was in both wars as, as, as warriors and I remember I found the Tuskegee Airmen in history. That was that's interesting. I felt that maybe when I'm when it's right that I'm going to find the World War One guy. I still have not found him. I was a battlefield promotion. I was like a, a sergeant or something like that, and he promoted me to like a first lieutenant, whatever it is, the first uh, thing in the army. So uh, I remember being a first lieutenant, spitting polished guy, and I was a hard charger. He needed hard chargers for the tanks because everyone was like doubting whether these things were good. I knew they were good. We were like rolling the German lines up, you know, left and right. And uh, I got too, a little, little too aggressive. And they had a howitzer waiting for me as I rounded the corner of one of these buildings and boom. And we had, uh, we were carrying gasoline on the back of our tanks because we were running out of gas so fast. Mm-hmm. We were rolling so fast on them. The supply lines couldn't could keep up with us. So we started putting gas on the back of our, our tanks. And I was, we learned the hard way that was not a good idea. So I, I was, and sometimes you die and you're kind of like that one person that's like, oh, we just lost a great guy for doing stupid, you know, so let's not do that anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, and too, I think too, some of, you know, the lives that you've had as 
kings and leaders, it's like, as a leader, you're constantly being presented with opposing ideas. Even people are trying to take you down or take you out. And you have to have that vision. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're leading people in battle, if you're leading as a king, a monarch or a ruler or something like that, your mind and what you want and what you intend has to be unshakable. Mm-hmm. And you're focused on that outcome. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. You're focused on what you want. And I think that's, you know, my point of sharing that is just like more and more really think about what you want to create in your life, how you want to be, the identity you want to have. And don't let outside influences detract you from that. If you want something, you go after it. And and I'm sure that attitude and that personality trait is what got you through becoming a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what anybody else is doing or struggling with. You're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to mm-hmm. figure out. There's no other option. It's happening. And it. um, that tenacity serves you well, you know, and has served you well. Yeah. And and can be part of anyone's consciousness as we're, you know, as we're relating here. Past life regression, discovering these lifetimes is definitely one of the major tools we have to reach our full potential. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality. Mm